Well, welcome back to the third message on the family, and I'm excited to be here to share with you about parents and children. Um, In your bulletin, you've got this little introduction. I would just say that in this three-part message on the family, it's my hope and prayer that these have not simply been informative as to the biblical role of husbands and wives, but they have been transformative in how we treat one another in our home for the glory of God. You know the difference between informative and transformative? One stays in here, the other goes out there. We must be transformed. And and also, these are more than messages. When Tim shared the message for wives, and Mike shared the message for husbands, and now I'm going to be sharing a message to parents and children, these are not just messages. These are blueprints by the designer, by the master designer of our families and of our homes, and may I say of our very lives. The Creator God is telling us how to function. So today, we turn our attention toward the family as a whole, both parents and children. So I'm going to be talking both both directions, so parents and children. Paul has previously set out the proper role and function of wives and husbands by declaring this. In Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Tim shared that message and pressed that through what that means. How can that be? How can a wife submit to a husband as to the Lord? And so um, what about husbands? Well, Mike shared in in Ephesians 5.28, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. How is a man to marry or to love a woman as Christ loves the church? Now, as he established those roles that are found in marriage, he he now moves and addresses a, a different role, a role of parent and children. These are best played out, and I I just kind of try to think about how does does it move from marriage to parents and children, and here's what I think. I don't think these are played out in isolation. I think they're played out in, in concert, all right? Everything that is said about the wife is still in play. Everything about the husbands loving the wife, still in play as we now move into the role of parent and child, as it emerges on the scene. The arrival of children gives another opportunity to experience and display the grace of the gospel and the need for the gospel. And all parents would say amen to that because when kids come into the scene, it challenges you to be a model To be a model of what? To be a model of God's grace, to be a model of God's goodness, and to be a model of God's purity and call to holiness. So we will find here two commands for children. Obey and honor your parents, and two commands for parents. Do not provoke, but rather teach them. So let's look in verse 1, Ephesians 6, 1. Children... 
Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. If one-word summaries, if you like one-word summaries, it would be wives submit, husbands love, children obey. All of these are to be done as to the Lord or in the Lord. This is God's design for the family. These are obviously not the only things that you're to do in your role, but these are the clear distinctives of those particular roles of wife, husband, and child. Children, obey your parents for this is right. Conversely, it's also right for parents to require obedience of your children. If it's right for a child to obey, it's right for a parent to require obedience. So what does it mean that this is right? It means that it is right according to God's design and pattern. It means that it's true, it's righteous to do so. It means that it's within the character of God to obey your parents. It's right for children to obey their parents and submit to them with their actions. And it's right for parents to seek that obedience from them. So parents, they should relate to your, you should relate to your kids, and this is, this is set up from the very beginning when Tim did the message to wives. You submit to your husband according to the design that God has given the family. Husbands, love your wife according to the pattern and goodness of the design of the family. And children now, obey your parents according to the good and godly design of the family. So God has a plan. And God's ways work. It says in verse 1 that children are to obey their parents in the Lord. Now this is in the same way in which wives are to submit to their husbands as to the Lord. And husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Well, this is to, to say that, it's not to say that you're to obey everything, but the only thing that is allowed would be that which is ungodly. So in, like in Acts 5.29, but Peter and the apostles said, we must obey God rather than men. So that might tell kids, see there, I don't have to obey my parents. No, you have to obey God. And God says, obey your parents. Unless your parents are ungodly, doing something ungodly, the answer is yes, obey your parents. Unless it's something outside of his commands. Does that make sense? Same with wives, submit to your husband. What about an absolutely abusive, ungodly husband? Well, you submit yourself to God, not man, but otherwise submit to your husband. So obedience. Obedience is the action of a child toward a parent. What about the attitude that they should have? Now, let's read verses 2 and 3. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Now, the first four commandments define how God wants us to show love to him. You know, there's ten commandments. There's four, and this would be the fifth one, kind of right in the middle, headed to, to the final ten. Um, and starting from the earliest part of a family, when it says, honor your father and mother, now as we talk about relating to one another, the commandment moves from things we do to God to things we do to one another, and it's interesting that it starts right in the early, early stages of family and children. Honor your father and mother. In a way, the um, fifth commandment connects the two sections 
since God reveals himself as our loving Father. No father deserves honor as much as our Heavenly Father, yet the Bible shows that humanity and even those chosen to be God's people have often failed to show God honor. Have you noticed this? We say honor your father and mother, but what about honoring Father God? We find this in Malachi 1.6. The prophet said, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my reverence? God is saying, honor me while you honor your parents. You see this? And so in parenting, let me just say this as a side note, and and Tim gets nervous when I get away from this. Um, As a side note, you know that parenting is the first gateway of kids seeing God. It's the gateway. It's It's a model of showing them as they obey you, we pray that they will obey God. And so it's, it's important that we understand why we do this. We do this to honor God. We parent to the glory of God. We are in our marriages for the glory of God. So this commandment helps us see how learning respect and honor in the family helps prepare us to show honor to the ultimate Father above. Okay, as obey is the action, and in your bulletin, you might, there's a blank to fill in, As obey is the action, honor is the attitude. Honor is the attitude. No parent is perfect. So children are to honor their parents even in their imperfection. Even in their imperfection. As long as it doesn't violate God's commands. This eliminates all excuses as to why you can't, or better said, why you won't. All right? They are not perfect. Get it? If there's kids in here, you know your parents aren't perfect. And guess what? They know you're not perfect. Imperfect does not negate the fact that we're to obey. So you're obeying an imperfected uh, parent, but that's the call to do so for the love of God. Just as Tim said, with wives submit as a matter of faith, so is the obedience and honor of children to their parents. It's a matter of faith too. Why don't you trust God? If you're rebelling against your parents, do you realize that you're not trusting God? Well, I don't think so. I just don't like what they say. Well, the Bible says we're to obey. You can disagree. But to obey and honor is to give this respect. And so God is calling you to do something that's not easy. There's nothing we've set up here in the family, wives, husbands, parents, children. There's nothing easy about this. We're not saying that this is easy to do. We're just saying this is necessary for God to do his greatest work. However, when parents who are submitted to Christ seek to guide and lead their children in the truth, not perfectly but consistently, obedience and honor are easier to come by. So parents, why don't you make it easier for your children to honor you and to submit? Not that it requires it, but why don't you make it a little easier for them? And and kids, don't wait for your parents to do that. Go ahead and obey them. What about the promise of it will go well with you and you will live long in the land? I used to think that if you obey and honor your parents, you'll live to be 255. You will never die. Um, That's not what this means. What it means is rather, according to uh, James Boyce, it says it is a general promise that God's material and physical blessing rests on those 
who work at being Christians in these relationships. In other words, God's blessings flow better as you obey God's commands, and you are blessed in doing so. Um, Paul actually now addressed parents in verse 4. Look at this in verse 4. Now he turns to say, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Verse 4, it says fathers, although earlier it said parents. Uh, Obey your parents. Now it's particular father. It's obviously here moms. Listen, moms, you are capable of doing the very same thing here. You are capable of doing this as well and are warned here not to do this. Do not provoke your children to anger. Nothing good, listen, nothing good will come from provoking your children to anger. Why mention fathers then? Well, I believe it goes back to the headship and responsibility of dads, husbands, leaders of your families over the family unit. It's also with the backdrop of the culture that is happening. The Ro- I, I read up on this, and the Roman culture, the Roman culture was harsh. It was a harsh culture. Do you realize that in the Roman culture, the dad, the father, could actually enslave his children? put them in chains if he would like, sell them in the marketplace, that was fine. In fact, they they said that even in the Roman times when they would have a baby, they would bring the baby to the father and lay it before his feet, and he would basically do a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And if it was a thumbs down, they would take the child and put them out somewhere and the orphanages and others would rescue them. So in this backdrop, fathers don't do that. Fathers don't provoke your children to anger. Be loving in your families. Grow them up in a godly way. It's a a total counterculture thing. A Christian family is a different kind of family. It ought to be. As parents submit to Christ and seek these things, it helps the children. When a father does not provoke it says, obviously, moms are able to do this, but I believe it goes back to this, the idea that a father is the leader of the home in a way that sets the tone. Do not provoke, do not agitate, do not cause to boil up. If you don't know what the word provoke means, that doesn't mean poke them, prod them. It means cause them to boil up and boil over with anger. Remember, parents, dads, moms, you are the first representation of God to your children. I I don't know, as a parent, and I'm not standing up here as any kind of an expert in family, especially as dads. I'm telling you, I love my boys, but we are the first representation of God to your children. Take that in for a minute. As they see you, as they see how you react and, and treat them, they're going to have those kinds of things transferred. So I wonder if God is like you. I read one time where a guy said, I hope God's not like my dad. God's nothing like you. He's forgiving. He's loving. He's this. He's that. Dads, you better be. Don't make your kids have a big disconnect between who you are and who God is. Beth and I love Dr. Kevin Lehman. You've heard us say it through the years. Dr. Kevin Lehman has helped us so much as parents. He made a statement, a profound statement in one of his books It stuck with me and still is to this day. If you want 
to have great kids. And I don't know any parent that doesn't want great kids. You want to have great kids? Just be a good parent. Be a good parent. I read books. I'm going to tell you, when you have a firstborn, firstborns, you get all the books. All right? You read in the ex, you know, what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect when they're born, what to expect. You have no idea what you're expecting. And we read up on things, and I got so confused. Beth and I were reading about things. And there were books that said, you got to do it this way, you got to do it this way, and if you don't do that, they're going to turn out this way, and if you don't do that, we were so nervous as parents. Like, are we doing it right? We don't know what to do. And I read a book called Bringing Up Boys. It scared the daylights out of me. (laughs) I don't know what to do. And then Dr. Lehman said, you want to have great kids? Yeah. Read Read a million books. No. You want to have great kids, be a good parent. What's a good parent look like? Right here, Ephesians chapter 6, this is exactly what a good parent would look like. What that says to me is when I mess up, and I will and I do, I can still be a good parent. So what does it look like? Looks like verse 4. There's a contrast here in the warning that comes with a positive. Fathers do not, and it implies mothers too, but fathers do not, Provoke your children to anger, but bring them up. Here's what you should do. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So don't provoke them to anger. Rather, teach them in the Lord. Instead of your kids like, get out of my space, why don't you say, come here, let me teach you something. Notice the direction of this instruction. It's not, bring, it's not down. It's not bring them down. It's bring them up. It's not bring them down. It's bring them up to the Lord. The goal of a parent is to lead your children upward toward God and onward to adulthood. You get this? Upward to God and onward to adulthood. That's parenting. This is accomplished with a couple things. Discipline and instruction. And this is, there's no way one message, four verses are going to teach you everything you need to know about parenting. But it can teach you something. And so right here, there's a direction and instruction. Two things. Discipline has both a structure and a punitive connotation. Parenting is also better caught than taught. And what what I mean by that is we should practice what we preach, parents. Our kids need to see in us what we are asking of them. Discipline and instruction. If there's structure, if you want structure for your kids, and your kids might say, well, what is your structure? So what you have to do is model something. Now, I'm not saying you have to be perfect at this, but you need to be practicing this. And that is don't ask your kids to do stuff you don't do. Don't, don't put them up to some different standard that you, you don't have. I mean, the classic, the classic would be things like, you know, you know I, I smoke, but... But kids, I don't want you to do this. Don't you do what I'm doing. Really? Well, let's just take that away and say, hey, don't be talking about people like that. But did you you hear so-and-so? Guys, there's so many mixed messages we give as parents. If you tell your kids, this is the way I want you to be, why don't you be what you want your kids to be? And then teach from example. So you've got a lot of work to do. You've got a lot of work to do as a parent 
to not be perfect, but to be godly and to begin to move that way so that your kids can see something that makes sense. You want your kids to go to church? And I'm telling you, there are churches that are filled with kids. They're not filled with parents. You want your kids to go to church? Parents, why don't you go to church? You want your kids to love church? Why don't you love church? Love it. Love it. This discipline and structure, John MacArthur defined the second word, instruction. Here's what MacArthur said the word instruction implies. It does not have as much to do with the facts, but it does have a lot to do with the right attitudes and principles of behavior. Instructing your kids, not so much with the facts, but with the attitude and principle. So parents, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it that matters. And I know that's true for me when I was growing up. My parents would say things, and if they, if they said it just as a fact, I would discount it. But if they said it with a heart, like my parents would say, Gordon, we don't like what you're doing. You know we love you. That crushed me. It's not what you say, it's how you say it that matters. So Paul summarizes in another book, a little letter that he wrote in Colossians. Paul wrote Ephesians and Paul wrote Colossians. It shouldn't surprise us that similar things are found when we come to parents and children. I think you'll be shocked if you haven't seen this. All of what we've been doing in three weeks of sermons, Paul does in about three verses. There are four verses in Colossians. Here it is in Colossians 3, 18 to 21. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So there it is. Paul, Paul just summarized everything for us. So how do we do this? I, I, just, I put here in my notes, wow, how do we do this? And I wrote, only by the power of the Holy Spirit can you do that which God calls you to do. You know, it's impossible to love your wife as Christ without, like like Mike said wonderfully last week, without the love of Christ in you. You can't, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord if you don't have the Lord working in you. Children, obey and honor your parents Not without any help, but with God's help, you can do that. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and our lives so that we can be tuned in to what God wants. What does God want for you? If you're married, if you have a family, if you have kids, if you're in this setting of of relationships, it's all about relationships. If you're in a relationship with another human being, how's it going? What is it like? Is God working in it? Are you doing your part as a friend, as a parent, as a mom, as a dad, as a husband, as a wife, as a neighbor? Can you see all these relationships? How are you to function in that? For the glory of God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all for the glory of God. And so as believers, there's things that we are to do differently than maybe others are doing. So let me summarize and and challenge all of us. And I have the easy message 
today. I mean, Tim broke us out with the beginning of a family series. We started with marriage. And then it falls to me to do parents and children. But I get the joy of kind of wrapping it up and begin to talk about everything. Husbands and wives, moms and dads now with kids. So if you are a single person, you're never married, you're widowed, you're divorced, are you walking by faith and allowing Christ to be your all in all? So if you're single here, you should have heard that in Tim's message. You should have heard that God has a great plan for you. And it's not necessarily getting married at all. It's to love him with all of your heart. So if you're a single, a widow, a divorced, are you walking by faith? Wives, are you walking by faith? Are you trusting God's plan by, by submitting yourself to your own husband? Are you walking by faith, wives? Husbands, are you walking by faith and trusting God's plan to love your wife like Christ loves the church? Are you walking by faith? These are matters of faith. Do you believe God? Do you believe God for the family? I know in Connect, uh, and by the way, if you're not a part of Connect, you may not know what that is. That is the Bible study, small group Bible study, that happens in our building before this. And some happen during the week in homes. And what we do is we take a message and we talk about it. In my Connect class this morning, we ask the question, why does God get to say how to run a family? How to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to be a parent. There were some in my class that go, duh, he created us. He made the family. And I'm going, yeah, well then why do we not listen to him? Why do we not follow him? If we say he has the right to say, and God's ways are best, then I think he's got the best for us. And then kids, are you walking by faith by obeying and honoring your parents as you seek to love God? Honoring and loving your parents is a command of God so that you might see him as you transfer that some, some point in time when God says, I am your father, I'm your heavenly father, that you can translate that with obedience. So, parents, fathers, mothers, are you teaching by example the things of God? Are you di disciplining and instructing so that your children will learn to trust and obey God? Not just survive. I'm telling you, parenting is a lot like that. Beth and I, there's times when we just, parenting is just getting from one day to the next. Uh, parenting is just, that was a week. No, that was just two days, but it felt like a week. But are you seeking God in your home, and, and are you wanting to grow up into godliness? Is there a plan? Do you have a plan like this? Are you disciplining and instructing so that your children will learn to trust and obey? You're here this morning, and I think what a wonderful place to be as a family, right here. What also is a wonderful place as a family is to go home from here and actually have God talk and actually talk about God. Don't let God be a strange word in your home. Finally, in closing, I would just simply pray for us like this. Would you bow with me? Oh God, we need your help to be all these things. It is in our obedience of faith that you are glorified. May we seek you first. May we desire your ways above our own. 
And may we submit to your word, our families. And God, I would ask that your word would penetrate our lives and change us. Change the way we treat one another. Change the way we respond to our spouse or to our children. And God, change the way children are reacting and responding to their parents. That we might seek you first above all things. And thus be guided by you, by your spirit. And so God, I know it gets hot in the moment. But God, may we always come to you quickly, quickly. In Jesus' name, amen.